Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell with my good mate, Marky D. Marky Davison is always coming off a Steelers victory last week. Yes, can you believe it's almost been a week? Um, but for when our audio listeners are listening to this through the podcast network, it will be there Sunday. It will be game day. Marky D, how you doing? I'm doing very well. The old uh, Steelers got a win, and I know it's been a long time. And even I asked you off hours, like, have we talked about it yet? Have we talked about this win, you know, in, in our personal lives or even on the end? I don't think we have. So um, the win to me was fantastic. And, and, and it, 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 you know, some Steel fans are like, oh, we're trying to tank. But at the same time, you think about it, we're two or three games away from playoffs. Just keep winning and see what happens. And the game was pretty good. Like, I've been yelling at Matt Canada, fire Matt Canada. And I kind of like what he did last week. I thought he involved a lot of players. And on the defensive side, they didn't allow uh, any points in the second half. I thought it was great. I thought it was really fun to watch. And I'm so keen now to see what can happen uh, versus Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, and, and you pick up a good point there um, on what happened with the offense. And, like, I saw a narrative this week about, oh, the Steelers had to adjust without Ch- Chase Claypool. I'm not saying he was the he's the reason why the Steelers weren't winning, but like, geez, it looked more fluid without him, didn't it? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. Also, I don't even need to say any more than that. Like, I just think it looks more fluid without him. I'll say more than that. A lot of Steel fans loved him, and he's terrible. He's got like, uh, I think, what, 15 yards in the Bears in two games, and over I think only uh, 30 snaps. Like he didn't, it just didn't fit. And you're right. The, the Steelers offense looked a lot better without Chase Claypool. More players involved. Boykin, Sims, Connor Haywood was out there. It just seemed more fluent. Yes, it wasn't perfect. I'm not saying it is perfect. It's far from perfect, right? But everything looked better. And the common denominator right now is Chase Claypool's gone and our team is playing better. And I'm just keen to see if they can improve this week against the Bengals because it's going to be a fun matchup. But hey, hey we got the win, right? You got to keep on pushing forward. That's it. That's it. And the Steelers, and they, they did what they had to do, right? They, a positive record is still on the table. They had to They had to win. That was one of those games that you're like, look, if you're going to split against the Ravens and the Bengals, you've got to win that game. And they did that, right? Like that's tick. And then when I spoke about with Shannon White, when we did the records in the bye, when you were out winning pickleball medals, um, oh, where is they, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> He was saying that that's the game that would tick them over to from seven and ten to eight and nine, and I was saying, well, hey, I really like the Steelers eight and eight going into the last week against the Browns, and the Steelers can win that game. So, um, particularly at home. So, yeah, I mean, the Steelers did did get the win, and now they go into this Bengals game, a Bengals team team that are five and four. Um, I want to. I thought we'd look at how the Bengals are situated, and then we can look at what the keys to victory were for the Steelers. But before I do that, it's important that we do this little injury report that we do on this show. Yep. So um, now the thing is, for those listening live, this is a really good understanding of where things are at, given that we've just kind of concluded Friday practice. But for those on the audio side, I was thinking about this on the podcast side. By this time, you know if someone's activated or in or it's out. So, um, you know, it, it depends. This, this can be a little bit outdated, but at least when you think about it, um, even if guys get cleared to play, you know sort of where what their injury status was heading into the weekend. So even if they're cleared to play, are they, you know, fighting fit or are they like, you know, battling the nickels? Um, and I know most players would be battling some sort of nickel this time of year. So Najee Harris, um, full practice all week. Game status unspecified. I think he plays. Keller Witherspoon is out with a hamstring. Um so, I mean, I'm not sure that's the deep sauce for steals. Marcus Allen, unspecified. Um, good. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think we had unspecified for the Steelers either. So, like, I'm brilliant. Like, I as I say every week, there's a different designation. What, what does that mean? This, like, we don't want you to play. Unspecified is I didn't fill out the report on time and it's Friday. I want to go to the pub for a beer. Like, uh, sorry, Marcus media. Allen, there's no room for you, mate. You can't get on the bus. You, yeah, you can't, you can't, you're not allowed to come to the stadium. Minka, I mean, I heard a rumor yesterday night, afternoon, my time that he's like going to come back after appendix surgery after five days. I don't know about this. Maybe he wears the Kevlar 
you know, I, th- I think it's back. I think I think uh, it's been. Yeah, I reckon he'll be back. back. I just don't know how you do yeah. it after five days. But Mick he's a machine, machine, mate. Mick is a machine. <laughs> we he, said it at the same he, time. He doesn't care. Like he's just ready to go, and he hates Joe Burrow. So, you know, let's let's go. I can't wait. Did I say wiggles or niggles? I've got a bit of a cold. I, I swear to God, I said um. I said niggles, not wiggles. JJ52 no in the live chats. Like, you know, you know the wiggles are like probably the most successful bands in history. Yeah. And like the leader wears yellow, you know, black and gold. So, yeah. Um, all right. Back to injury report. Devin Bush, unspecified. He was full practice Thursday, Friday. I reckon he plays. Trent Scott, back, full practice um, Thursday, Friday. You know, fine. He's death piece. Um, TJ Watt. Um, not injury related. He was resting. So he had a full practice on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday, full practice Friday. This sounds like a typical loading plan when you're coming back from any injury. Mm -hmm. I, I, I reckon if the Steelers had been one and seven instead of two and six, he wouldn't have played last week because they would have been outside the positive record in the playoff hunt. I, I don't think he was fully a hundred percent. Um, and he probably won't be through. And he still played. But he still I think played he was damn well. Than, exactly. I just think he was yeah. rawer than what people assumed he might have been. Um, Larry Ogunjobi, unspecified, but he had full practice after being limited on Thursday. Full practice on Friday. Jesse Davis, um, full practice Friday, unspecified. Cameron Haywood, he was resting on Thursday. Full practice Friday, he plays. Dotson. Um, did not practice on Wednesday, limited practice on Thursday, full practice on Friday. That's a hip. Again, that's probably a loading thing. You'd be surprised if you didn't play. Then we get to the Bengals side of things. Jamar Chase is out, according to this report. Um, Lyle Collins did not practice Wednesday with a resting day, practice Thursday, Friday. Game status is not unspecified, not a dash, not blank two parentheses or brackets and a dash in the middle. Who knows? Um, <laughs> just making it these, up. Uh, these injury reports, I swear. Um, Josh Tupu <laughs> is out. Defensive tackle. Um, oh, here we go. Oh, no, it's a questionable. It's not unspecified. How? What's the difference between a dash and a questionable? And it, uh, I don't know, whatever. Um, Trey, Chris Evans, is their running back, is questionable. Trey Flowers is questionable. Mike Hilton, full practice all week, even though he had a finger complaint. He's a dash and bracket, so Shane will play. Daxton Hill is out. Dante Smith, their offensive tackle. Dash had was limited practice on, or did not practice Thursday, full practice Friday. Think to be there. Stanley Morgan, wide receiver. He rested um, on Wednesday for a personal matter and then um, did not practice Thursday and Friday. But I think he's death piece for him anyway. Um, Eli Apple was a calf. He only had practiced on Friday, which was limited, um, and it's not listed. So, yeah, that's kind of where they're sitting. But obviously, the big names there are Lael Collins, who you'd assume would play, Jamar Chase out, Daxton mm-hmm. Hill out, um, Trey Flowers. If he's out, then puts a lot of lot on Mike Hilton's shoulders in the secondary there, um, and Eli Apple. And you don't like a calf injury at the position of a cornerback. That's, a, that's an injury that someone like Deontay Johnson or Pickens has got to exploit because he's going to be a bit ginger in how he um and how he defends the pass um, and the receivers. So I don't know, when you hear that sort of injury report, it's looking a lot better on our side than it is on their side. Yeah, well, I've got a question for you, right? Yeah. It, in this game, are we health-wise better off than week one, I guess? Or are we more prepared, do you think? I would say we're battle more battle tested than week one. I think we right. know what we do well and what we don't. And I think right. Pickett is more efficient. I've always thought Pickett's more efficient than Trubisky. So I think so they're are better. You more, are you more confident going to this game? Because the whole the media's counted counted out week one. Everyone chose the Bengals. This week in week eleven, the media is saying, well, only one person, Colleen Wolfley, uh, she chose us, right? So I'm saying like week one, they all thought Bengals were gonna win. Now, ten weeks later. Most of them think the Bengals are going to win, but I feel like we—I feel more confident in winning this game with at home than I did with the other one. Well, and so I think in part two after we've done the the break, I think we'll, we'll talk about the, the Steelers side of what I think they need to repeat from last week and and what what you think they need to repeat from last week. But I pulled up some stats. So the Bengals are obviously five and four, right? Now on offense, their top five 
in, in total yards, top five in TDs, top five in plays of 40 yards plus, and only one play behind being in the, um, in the top five from um, of 20 yards plus. They are in the top five for the most sacked offense. They're in the top 2% for um, pass completion. But they're the bottom fourth in rush yards, the bottom five in yards um, for touchdowns. So, uh, for sorry, they're bottom five for rushing rushing yards. So, from an offensive perspective, like it's it's it's, it's a question because if you can stop the pass with the Steelers' defense, you're in it to you kind of you kind of in it to um in it to win it. But on the on the flip side with their defense, their top seven in def- defense for um, yards allowed, so the top they've allowed the seventh least most yards. Their top three in TDs allowed, so the least amount of touchdowns allowed. They're the top ten in interceptions, but they're the bottom three in sacks. So it's kind of funny because when you look at these like overall stat lines, it's very much a team that's five and four. There's some mm. stats here that you like. Man, they could be, um, you know, three and six like the Steelers. But then there's other stats that you're like, wow, they should be like, you know, eight and one. It's they they're kind of a very it's kind of a weird middle of the road team. But I, I, I he, do you know what I mean? Like, thing. and that's the thing is like, if you're in a close game, are they going to win that? I, I don't. Here's know. the thing though, the Cincinnati Bengals. I just looked up the schedule. They have beaten New Orleans, Atlanta, and Carolina. Right? Who do mm. we face in a few weeks? Atlanta and Carolina. They lost yeah. to Cleveland. They lost to Baltimore. They lost to Pittsburgh. Are they really five and four? They're overrated. It's a good take, Mark. It's a really good take. And then you look at the really Steelers easy, who honestly. lost against like the Jets, the Bills, um, the they Eagles. Beat the, they beat the Jets and they beat the Dolphins, but Dolphins had um, they had no tour. We, we should have won tour. that game. We sh- we could have won that game though, right? Like that's a that's a that's a part. Like that's a. Kenny tucks at him runs. Yeah, and Miami, when, when Tua went out, he was going crazy, and the Bengals could have lost that game. So that could have been a loss, right? But the thing is, like, the AFC, is it no? NFC South, New Orleans, Atlanta, there are games that we can win in, in Atlanta and Carolina. So they haven't won a division game, which is quite scary, right? They're 0-3 in the division. And maybe there are a false five and four. We got, we got... Uh, well, if you, and first. if you beat them, that's a good point. I want to pick that point up. It's like, if you win... If they lose this week, what they go zero and four in the division. It's yep. pretty hard to make the playoffs if you go zero and four in your own division. Yeah, but so to me, how are they even how are they even favorite? I, I think like you look at the the home field advantage, TJ's back, Minka's back, right? Or you know, getting back, but Kazi's back and the color rush, right? You went to the one they actually they lost, didn't they? The seven and one, the Bills. Yeah, I don't think I can ever go to a color rush one again. Yeah, right. But there's all this stuff in our favor, and of course we are the underdog. But their favorite coming into Heinz Field or, or uh, Akershaw, I, I don't understand. But they haven't won a game in the AFC North yet. And so we beat them 23-20. Baltimore beat them 19-17. And Cleveland smashed them. I love that game too, by the way. 32-13. Come on, man. And no Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow against TJ Watt. I, I think this is like, I'm getting real hot. Yeah, but forget. Remember, they got TJ Hawkinson. Like he, is it Hawkinson? Hendrickson. 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 Hawkinson's the yeah, tight okay. end. Fair. Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he man. He only just beat like if you look at some stats, he was ahead of TJ Watt last year, like on on some stat levels, like the efficiency yeah. of his sack rate, right? So um, that's an interesting one. But I agree with you completely. Like you look at the overall Steelers defense, and you're like, well, hang on a second, we're going to shut out. And the thing is that I like is they have versed these teams that you've talked about that all really have had to focus on rushing the football because their quarterback play has been average. And they've still like, like not been able to fight that back with their own, you know, rush attack. And I think about the Steelers and I'm like, well, I, I feel I'm starting to feel a lot more confident in the secondary. I wouldn't say it's great. I still give it like a C plus, but like I'm starting to feel a lot better about it, especially with the takeaways last week. I feel like we've got what we need to shut them down. So this is where it could be really interesting. The Bengals have a tough schedule too as well coming out of this. They go to Pittsburgh, then they go to uh, Tennessee, then versus KC, then versus Cleveland again, then versus uh, Tampa Bay, then at New England, then Buffalo, Baltimore. Come on, man. They they might not even make the playoffs. Playoffs? But they won't even make it. They might finish with a negative record. 
It'd be great. It'd be great to see. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's funny how things are developing as well. Like they even, had the, the, they had the, even the Titans winning in like seven and three is the yeah. Titans team. Like I kept thinking like in my head, that was still really bad. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not fully convinced, but if you think they're seven and three and this Bengals team are five and four, like it's just, I, I think the Steelers, I think you're right though. I think you're right. You picked up exactly the right narrative. The Steelers, you know, as we record live on a Friday night, it feels weird to say this, but this show will go to air on the audio side um, of YouTube on, on Sunday. The Steelers are in today's game, 100%. Um, then this is where it starts. And this is where, you know, what must the Steelers do to keep on winning is really important, important discussion because they literally now could go on a two-game winning streak, which would be their longest winning streak <laughs> of the season so far. But we don't know, but we know what this team historically is like when they uh, when they go on a run we know what they what they they start to put wins together um you know and the two two of the big question games apart from the ravens um in this second half stretch of games was new orleans and the bengals so if you win those two games that's where things start to get really juicy and you remember i went through a, a couple of shows a couple of weeks back on the show around teams that had come back from like really poor records. I'd love to see the Steelers 2022 yeah. in there. You know, you did. I can't remember exactly, but you you, you chose a few of them, right? And yeah. Um, was the one team like one and seven or something? Yeah, it was. I've got it in my notebook. I can find it. But, uh... Yeah. But no, it seems to me the Bengals had an easier first half schedule where the Steelers had the hardest the hardest schedule, right? So if we can have it, you know, I'm, I'm telling, look, it's not saying we go out there and just play normal football. No, you've got to go out there and compete. You've got to play some real hardcore football and get it done, right? And if they can do that, they're on the right track to then have a big matchup against the Colts. But in this game, what the Steelers need to do to keep winning is just play the similar way they played last week. Uh, run the football and great defense. And I can see that, like, I just don't see like I don't see how where Joe Burrow in this offense could score thirty points like they're saying. I don't see it. That's don't a, that, that's a really good point. Like we do a lot of talking. I do a lot of talking about you need to be able to score thirty points to win in the NFL when you need to. And like they're not scoring thirty on us. Not not not. not that's what. Game. But that's what I mean. But then right, that means so. we don't have to score thirty. Yeah. Right. And that that's the big thing is where we don't have to go chase a score because we're not. We're not ready for that. Like, and I and I still don't think that Matt Camden offense is capable of it, just personally. But but I mean, I on War Room this week, I talked about five or six things the Steelers did really, really well. Um, and and that was around I thought that the fact they had net passing yards higher than the other team was a miracle, but they had double the yards of New Orleans. They they had no turnovers, but were able to get two turnovers off them. They only had three penalties. So the Steelers wow. didn't go backwards for once, which is huge. Wow. Their third down conversion, nine of 17, above 50%, which meant collectively, and they had like 28 first downs versus New Orleans 10, which people don't wow. really, I think people overlook first down. It's a lot, right? And it kept yeah. the drives going. 38 minutes and 56 seconds. That's the best we've ever played this year. It's, mate, some of those stats are the best we've played in like, Actually, yeah. when you look at it, like almost two years with Canada, and then right? and then you'll hear that some narrative saying, "Oh, but they're only the Saints. We got to play who's in front of you," you know. And they took yeah, care that of it. Saints defense is still, like, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's over the Saints. I oh, know you've got to play and play. Okay, so so okay. I, I like- well, then the same thing with the Bengals. It's like <clears throat> what you, the narrative you just brought up. It's like. Only the Falcons, only the Panthers. Yeah, um, and that's why they're like they're five and four, but we're we're still kind of close. Like, it'd be great to get this win over them, then to be five and five, and then them go on a losing streak, and we can start going the other side too. Because I believe that that with TJ Watt coming back, and we just you know, honest to goodness, him coming back, it, it, it sets everything on fire right now for this team to get to go into electric mode and and get behind their team. And look, they're not not looking at playoffs right now; they're looking at the next game. The next game is the Bengals, and they can win this one. They really they really can. I. Like I, I got more confidence in going to this than than the first week because there is no Jamar Chase, there's no dudes like that, right? I don't, I don't oh, see yeah. Mixon. I don't see Mixon going out there getting 150 like he did against the Panthers. No way, he won't get 150. They won't allow it. Defense won't allow it. No, they no. won't. And the Steelers are in this. They're, they're going to be up for this. It's it's they're coming off a win, which was coming off a bye. They got all these players back as you talk about. 
They got a chance to get one up against an AFC North rival. They got a chance to beat the Bengals at home. Like if this was away, right? Let's say they just let's say everything happened that happened in Week One, but it was at home. Yep. Yeah, I'd be a little bit like uh, I don't know here. Like like, but playing at home with all those things in tow, and they know that they got a little bit lucky with the whole long snapper thing. A hundred percent. The game was they know been, that should have been a loss easily. But also the benefit the Steelers have is that Trubisky had a lot of tape, right? So the Bengals were able to put a lot of pressure on him. And didn't he have two or three interceptions in that first game? I think he did. And versus what with Kenny Pickett? No the tape. tape. Uh-huh. Well, there's tape, Ken, but there's, there's Ken, tape, Kenny's, but it's limited. Kenny's starting to run now too. Like he's becoming like a, That's it. a mobile threat. That's it. There were five turnovers in the game. Really? Hmm, last time. Oh, that's because uh, Joe Burrow had four of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Trubisky had one interception. That's right. He had one interception. How did we do that? Deontay Johnson did... had that key fumble. Remember he had that fumble? Uh, Maddie, mate, how do we do this for audio? <laughs> you know, the, the, the shysty move, the Joe Burrow. I can't stand him, mate. I don't know. I just don't like the guy. Oh, you'd love him if he was on the Steelers. You'd think he was the coolest guy. Yeah. It's like that whole Philip Rivers narrative. Man. If Philip Rivers would have been a Steeler, like people would have loved it. So you're saying if Joe Burrow was a Steeler, I would I would get behind him. I'd be wearing the Joe Shiesty calling him the Joe Burrow, you know, the Joe Burrow show. I'd be right up the alley. See, the only thing, I, it's hard. Uh, you mm. can't really say this because like Pickett went to like University of Pittsburgh. But Pickett and Burrow kind of have fairly similar backstories. Like, I've, you know, I heard a lot of people going after the draft. Oh, yeah, you know, Pickett's Joe Burrow white kind of thing. Um, he he would never beat the narrative that Pickett has because Pickett played a pick in Pittsburgh. But like, yeah, there is a lot of. But I like I love I love I think Pickett's way more um, mature, and I think that's a really cool thing that Pickett's more mature than that. Like he's ready for that mantle, considering what Burrow's Burrow's done. So, I mean, you've got to remember, like Burrow's first year wasn't great, and obviously had the ACL injury, um, but it was topsy turvy anyway for them. Look what they did in year two. I'm not. I'm not saying Seals going to be in the Super Bowl next year. They've got a lot of lot of work to do. But it's that stuff Here, starts now. Here's a question. I just looked at Burrow's like uh, stats. Right, he's already been a, sacked 113 times and 30 times this year. That that's pretty high, right? For a quarterback. Yeah, that's know. what I'm saying. It's top. It's you know top five in sacks. That's a lot. So 51 last year, 32 in 2020. Uh, he played 10 games and 30. Do you think like he's a bit like he's Joe, you know, Joe Burrow a bit of a gamer? Because he seems to be like when he does get sacked, he just goes back straight to back to normal. It doesn't really phase him, right? Maybe he's so used to it. <laughs> well, this is it, man. Seven times in week one. I'm I'm I reckon this I'm I'm keen to see what can happen with, you know, you say what what must the Steelers do to keep winning. I'm keen to see what they can if they can back it up, first of all. And I'm keen to see like if they can involve, you know, like Kazi and those dudes and stuff like that, right? And I, I just want to see them outsmart Joe Burrow. Don't let him take over the game. And you can't let Mixon run, run away with this game. Tyler Boyd and those dudes, sure, they'll get the football. But I don't, don't see them scoring. As long as you don't allow things over the top, I think we've got a chance. We've got a chance this game. Got a chance. Do you, want to know, do, do you know I want to know a very fun stat? Always, mate. I love the stats. I don't know how fun it is, actually. but So, the Bengals have been sucked... 32 times, right? Joe Burrow. That sack yards is going backwards 213 yards. Those 213 yards would be the second most for a Steelers rusher because only Najee Harris has 460 yards. Jalen Warren has only 190 and everyone else less than that. We only have three receivers on the roster that have (laughs) more receiving yards than that. (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I got a feeling like Kenny's got to find someone soon, man, doesn't he? Kenny's got to find a guy, right? Yeah. Like, he's got to find, coming, I think he's got to find move. He's got to find Pickens or something move like that. Then Pickens, man, it's coming. He's, he's, got to, he's got to start to develop that connection. I think that's going to start happening. And it was good to see the progression too of Kenny as well. You know, of course, he missed a few balls and, and some were a bit like, you know, uh, why did you throw that one there? But he's, but he's, he's a getting rookie, better. man. He's going to do that. Well, he didn't throw interceptions last week, which was, quite, was kind of good to see. You know, here's a question for you. 
Do you see yeah. Kenny Pickett throwing interception or Joe Burrow? Which one would you would you put money on? Oh, Burrow will throw one. The thing is, though, <laughs> is that like Burrow has the wide receivers that I mean, I think T. Higgins is one of the most underused and underrated wide receivers in the NFL. I that mean, was a qu- the quickest. I mean, I would trade I, if that you know, as Higgins comes off his deal, I would trade. I would trade Deontay Johnson for Higgins straight away. Like, Oi, no that, questions asked. That was the quickest answer in Steelers touchdown under history ever. Oh, he'll throw it. He'll throw it. But, but I agree with you. He's a gamer though. And, and like what you yeah, said, he and he, he's the sort of guy that's like a Roethlisberger or Bradshaw where in, in the respect of, I'm just going <laughs> to, he's going to throw, he's going to throw interceptions, but he's also going to throw TDs. Might but what the difference he has doesn't have this week is that he doesn't have Joe, uh, not Joe Mixon, he doesn't have Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have you know Azuma, but they've got Osmo or whatever who went to the, the Jets. But you know, is this Hayden Hurst that they have? Um, yep, Hayden Hurst, right. and they do have Mixon who can you know do a bit in the receiving game, so. You know, and they and they do have T. Higgins, as we said, and Tyler Boyd. And Tyler Boyd ruined the Steelers, you know, last year, I remember in that game, um, at the start where they obliterated us in the in the first half of the season. So, you know, it's not like they've got nothing there, but Jamar Chase is a huge loss. Like their offense runs huge. through him. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree. I agree hundred and ten percent, mate. I think this is a, a big game for the Steelers. You know. That's uh, and that's probably a good segue into catching a quick break for a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back in a couple of seconds. And we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peveril with Marky D, Marky Davison. Um, you were just saying that it was an important game for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about some of the cool things they did last week in the part one of the show. So I guess if there was one area that you had to hone in on, oh yeah, what's that yeah, yeah, one yeah. area that's going to win the game for them? I got it for you. The biggest thing I liked about how we won last week and how we can keep winning this week is involving a lot of players on the offense. I really like the expansion. As much as I've been yelling out fire Matt Canada from you know down under, and you guys can hear me all over the world, uh, and everyone has, right? Everyone has. We're so critical of him. I like the expansion of of involving Sims, Boykin, even Oshesky was in there, all right? They had all the players in there. Ruth and Gentry, they, they, they passed the ball to Gentry. It didn't really work, right? They gave Sims a reverse. That didn't work either. But then they gave it to George Pickens and it worked. They had nine. They had nine people um, that were targeted. Seven people with a re- seven different players with a reception. Right. I kind of like that. I kind of like that idea of how the offense flows like that. It keeps the defense on their toes. Now, I'm not too sure, too sure if that's a winning formula or if you should just go target your one, number one guy all the time. Maybe that's a better way. But I like that how they involved guys like Connor Haywood too. He got two touches. And I saw him run off the sidelines and you can kind of see like this feeling of like he did really well and you're like, well, he made two good grabs. Maybe in this game, he gets four or five chances to, to or they, they implement schemes or ideas to get in the football. That's what I like about the progression of the offense. I'm really intrigued about what's going to happen next. And of course, Najee and Warren were fantastic to watch last week. Oh, they were great. It was just and that's fun, what I think man. the versatility allows you to do. But it's what you like. And that's the word like, you know, sharing it around that versatility. And if you do a couple of weeks, this is where this is how you put wins together, right? In a couple of weeks of doing this. What have you put on tape? You've put so much on tape that a defense has to scheme for. That's right. And you only need to get the matchup where they've guessed wrong and what you're running on the play. And and this is also the bonus, which is also the, the, the I'll start with the, the first part. That this is the bonus about having so many players that and be, get working in guys like Haywood and Warren. They are going to set up and frame it. They're going to set up on what look like run plays, right? And then that opens up the RPO or the play action um, because you're expecting you know, when Warren's rushing for decent yardage, you don't know what he's going to do, but you also know he's a good pass blocker as well. So um, there's that aspect, but it's also the part, I, you know, the big question mark on Najee, and I, and I might want to get into the Najee, it wasn't worth the first round draft pick discussion. I think let's deal with that in a couple of years time. But my big question on Najee Harris coming into the draft when when it was that last sort of week or two before the draft, everyone kept saying, they're going to pick him, they're going to pick him, they're going to pick him. I'm like, I don't love what he does in the pass game. People said to me, no, 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 I can catch the ball. I'm like, yeah, but he's not going to be anywhere near like a Le- Le'Veon Bell. 
And I, and I feel like a Javante Williams who got picked after him. At the time, I, I felt that that's what he was capable of, or even a Travis Etienne. Everyone's like, no, 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 he catches the ball. Apart from Ben throwing it to him behind the line of scrimmage and beating like seven guys in the first six weeks last year, which it's it's easy on once you see that tape to start scheming against that. I never really have felt they've worked him into the passing game. And I still feel like that's an untapped part of the game, if that makes mm-hmm. sense for the Steelers, is how are you working Najee in with short passing? I'm not saying he needs to be Alvin Kamara, but like, and I'm not, but I'm not, and I'm not talking about passes behind the line of scrimmage. I'm talking about passes in that sort of like between the line of scrimmage and 10 yards, how are you working Najee in there? I, I think that's something, and maybe that's Canada. I feel like that's something that would do well in the Canada offense, but maybe it's something that he's the part two of the Canada offense that we haven't unlocked yet. You know, like a video game, like it's like we're on level one and we haven't unlocked level two. I think we started at minus minus 10 and now, you know, we're working our way up, but that's how it felt because Warren can. Yeah. We were stuck on the tutorial mode. We couldn't get out of the tutorial (laughs) mode. (laughs) Warren did some really good things um, in the, as a pass catcher. And I went back and watched his combine. I I saw highlights of his combine. I was like, he had a great combine, man. Yeah. And it it looks exactly the same when he was running the routes, like, like he was playing in the, in the practice or combine to see on game tape. The way he runs those wheel routes or out of the backfield is fantastic. And he's such a great receiver, but you're right. If we get Najee involved in the pass game too, this thing is, I guess it is leveling up or it is building layers. And that's what a good offensive coordinator needs to do is build layers. Right. Yeah, know what players do well, and that's what I'm excited. And that's what's pretty much you know what must the Steelers keep to do on winning is that is building layers. Now they can they can go backwards. Oh boy, they can go backwards. It, it can happen. But I kind of see like you know Kenny Pickett's getting more comfortable, right? They're going to start to develop the, the deep ball to Pickens. They're going to get Fry move more involved. And I believe you're building this 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 uh, play playbook that at any time you're just you can you can run a reverse or do this cuz i was pretty shocked i don't know about you i was shocked about that george pickens reverse i was like oh i didn't see that coming at all you know and then he yeah, ran away I kind of wondered, I, well, I didn't see it coming cuz i didn't think they i thought they'd decided that, that stuff wasn't going to work and then it did work so it's kind of funny i mean brian brown says don't the steelers do an i'm sure passing i agree but you start working Najee in, then pickens and freeman moved and, and and Deontay can go further down the field right and you're having a mm-hmm. when, a guy like Najee is getting the ball that short, they're going to have to load up the box. Like it's all about that overall offensive strategy that I'm talking about. And I think if you unlock Najee there, and I thought that even with Ben, if you unlock Najee there, you unlock time down the field. Like uh, I just think that that's a critical component, but anyway. And they even uh, featured uh, Derek Watt to a certain degree, a tiny bit too. He got the fourth down and one when DJ ran backwards. Uh, he caught the ball and ran backwards two yards to get minus. They went fourth and one. They got Derek Watt involved. Kenny Pickett's been used quite a few times in the QB sneak. Like he's got he's got the mentality to go forward. A lot of these guys got the mentality to go forward. Oh, I love like when like every time Kenny does it, I'm like, why are you doing it? But also, I love it. It's, it's working, like, right? He's got three TDs. Yes, he's only got two TDs in the end. He got eight interceptions, sure, going through it, but he's got three TDs on the ground. It's going pretty George, good. Yeah. George Tesson says match up Najee with the DBs. Exactly. Here, here's Imagine. a here's a question for you. Would you? If say for instance that Kenny gets more rushing TDs and passing, are you are you okay with that, or is that like is they're going to sit, um, you know, uh, not well in your stomach for the off season? Say, oh, you didn't develop as a passer. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Year one, points of points, points of points. Hmm. But year two, I'm year two. I'd be worried. The other thing is for me is what's the interception to touchdown ratio, right? Do you know what I mean? Right. So, so if it's, now it's so bad. right now, like if I if I pull up Pickett, I think it's like um, two to eight. Four and six. Is it two? Is it? Two? Nah, he's he's got eight. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's two and eight. You oh, can double oh, check though. I'll double put, check, it, I'll put it up. Yeah, so he's two yeah. and eight. You're right. You're right. You're right. Two and eight. Right. Um, but his rushing touchdowns, he's had three. Right. Yeah. Now I did a comparison a while back, and it was so funny. I did the whole. Josh Allen, Kenny, Kenny Pickett comparison, and then three days on War Room, and then two days later, right. I was hearing about it everywhere else. On me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, did even the Steelers like <laughs> listen to? Because they had it on the what's the um what's the running backs? Um, Merrill, um, Wait, mental, like, anyway, you know, he does the show on the Steelers. They're sitting there like, stuff. and I'm when's like, Manny, um, when's Manny going on? Like. Yeah, they're, they're scoping you out like... But they're, 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 well, I mean, if I came up with it, I'm sure other people could come up with it, right? Nah, but man, I, it was your idea first. 
Uh, it was, it was just so funny. Mer- like I Merrill said Hodge. it, and then I was like, so funny. Man, um, Merrill Hodge look, looks like a good play now. He's like one of the know, fittest, man. One of the fittest guys. Fittest, get, him, get him out there. But but if you look at um, Josh Allen, right, he had 10, 10 TDs, 12 you know, interceptions. I think Kenny's going to have a few more than that. But Josh Allen, I think, had a bit more around him in 2018. Um, but then if you look at the rushing side, he had eight TDs in his rookie year. Right, so I don't, right. I don't deeply worry about. But he's and then he had nine the next year, eight the next year, six. He had only six last year. He's only had four this year, right? So, okay. um, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. But do it if you're gonna do it. You got it. You got to get the points. And if you're gonna do it, do it in a way where you're not gonna get injured. But he, but that one run he did down the down the middle, he, he was very smart with the football and smart with his body. Oh, he, he was. He, he totally. slid way, way before that he needed to, and it was great. Well, if you can fake slide, you can slide. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we we can't do that in the NFL. I don't, don't think we're allowed. But I, okay, well, here's anymore, another anyway. Here's another question: What about the red zone offense? Are you are you uh, a bit worrisome about the red zone offense? Because we can't score TDs, our, our biggest TDs within eight yards or whatever. I am from the perspective of you need to be able to do that sometimes to win points. And when you go up against teams, particularly like down, I mean, we don't have the chiefs in the, in, um, if I'm until we make, or if we make the playoffs, right. But there are some, even the Ravens, there are some teams that to score touchdowns, you cannot get, you're not going to get that close to the line. You're going to be third down and third and eight or something on like the 12 yard line or on the 13 yard line or on the 14 yard line or dial it right back to the 20 where the red zone stops. So it is a concern for me. And the other reason it's a concern is we're not scoring like long touchdowns. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not even scoring the odd, you know, we got into their half and we dropped, we dropped a dime or, you know, there was a mismatch or, you know, a cornerback fell over or whatever it is. Right. So it's not, it certainly makes it harder to be successful, but you know, you got to, we won last week. You got to, you got to be hopeful that we're on with that. We've, you know, we've turned a corner. I, I, I think so. I, I think it's just, just Kenny's progression so far, of course, you know, that one, uh, you know, that 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 interception to the Jets and, of course, the first one to Claypool, which he couldn't high point the ball. It wasn't his fault. But the one to the Jets, you know, where we could have won that game and he, he threw it out of bounds, but it wasn't going out of bounds, you know. And that kind of stuff he's learning from. The one against the Dolphins was – oh, I'm losing my voice now too. It was awful. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, this is it. Like, but, th- but that's rookie quarterback, man. Like Terry Bradshaw, twenty. Didn't he have like twenty three? I think he said. Oh, so I said he <laughs> quoted like twenty three interceptions in Just an interview. Threw then, it up to to anyone. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's frustrating to watch, but I also sit there. I'm like, well, you know, you won. You got better, but you, yeah. You the- if you're too afraid of failure, you're, you know, you you don't win without failure. Like. The mm. best technology we have today is, was built on how many failures. Didn't like Edison do like 180 experiments before he did the oh, Edison was the yeah you no, Bell was that Bell Edison was the light globe and Bell was the um got the credit telephone right man I need my coffee today this is this is a shocker but Bradshaw had six TDs and 24 interceptions in 1970 mate mm. we put up with that rushing he had. One TD. There you go. It's kind of so, funny because you, you're speaking of failure. Like if this, uh, you know, Steelers touchdown under is a failure, you could always, I guess, go and find find guys from New Zealand, and it'd New be touchdown touchdown into. You know, that'd be different, <laughs> wouldn't it? Lender the long white cloud. Speaking of Yandels, Jandels. Yeah, what? Why do they call them Jandels? I don't understand. Do you know why. what? We had the slang for a while, and Mark and I kind of ran, ran out of slang that was acceptable yeah, we're on done. the show. Like after two years, <laughs> like, it's just hard, man. Like other stuff starting to get like you know not PG. We're a family show. We could t- we could start a New Zealand slang. Oh, sure, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Is that cult- culturally appropriate? I don't even know. I don't, I don't know, man. Am I getting trouble for that know. one? I don't know. Maybe. I hope we have some New Zealand listeners. <laughs> Kiwis across the ditch. Um, so but you're right, man. You're right. It's all about if you're, you know, going with Kenny Pickett and fouling. Like, like I don't think he's going to throw that one to the Miami Dolphin receiver again. He's going to run that ball, you know. And that's why I like that play, that 23-yard run. I thought it was fantastic. 
Everything broke down. Nothing was open. He ran down, slid down, and then he was getting. He gave. The thing it is, was Kenny's full we game. weren't Kenny's capable of that last year, mm. right? So that's something in this offense. And you talk about mobility. That's what that's what Tomlin meant by mobility. He didn't mean the Steelers are going to go get want to go get a Lamar Jackson type, right? What he meant was mobility when it, when it collapses. And the, and the thing I like about Kenny too, I'm I'm I've always liked his pocket presence. And I feel like that's getting better as well. And it's not, that's, I think, a very hard thing for a rookie in the NFL when you, when this is the speed of the game. Um, what do you think? I keep hearing this narrative that Deontay Johnson's the third most open wide receiver in the league behind like Tyreek Hill and, um, uh, well, one? Uh, I forget who the other one was, but like, okay. And I sit down, I'm like, yeah, okay. All right. But that doesn't mean that's not on the quarterbacks to, to just haven't hit him. Like I, yeah, I don't know. It's I, really easy to to say that stuff when he's open. But you put yeah. yourself in the position. I never played quarterback, but I can't even imagine that five people rushing me and I'm trying to find my guy. The quarterback is the most important position on the field. And yes, they could be open, but that doesn't mean the quarterback's going to see them. They might look left one one time and look back right, and then then DJ's open, right? Well, sometimes film can be deceiving where you throw the football and then when the, the football is in midair, the safety and the cornerback have already broken off that guy and then he looks open, right? I, I don't really trust that stuff, to be honest. I think that, look, Kenny's going to go through his progressions, but it's pretty pretty hard to find, to you know, to label him a bust or whatever because he's not finding open receivers. Give him time to find, to figure this out. Plus, and particularly, I think there's more Trubisky than, than Pickett. But if you're dropping key balls... When 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 the quarterback reading at a split second, you're looking and you're like free move there. It just doesn't make sense on the audio on the on the visual side right now. I'm, I'm looking across mm-hmm. the thing, but like like the thing visually, like oh yeah, on my right, I've got like free, Pickens is running down the field and and Freemuth's cutting into the middle and 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 you know the field, and then Deontay is kind of hovering at like in an intermediate passing range. Oh, he looks like he might be covered, but I know he's, you know, and then I'm going to throw it to these guys or he's open, but I can see some, a defender within his, you know, they're playing zone within his vicinity because he's dropped a bunch of balls subconsciously, even though you would sit there and you're like, if you're open, you throw it to him. You'd still be sitting there in the back of your mind as you're processing. And I'm sure even if it's subconscious in that split second, it's like, there's probably a bit of doubt that comes into play. Plus every receiver. Every receiver says they're open anyway when they're not, right? They know they 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 say they're open. I think the the position is like until you put yourself in those shoes, and if you have any any quarterbacks who have played the game, because I haven't played the game, right? But I still would say pretty hard, you know. Of course, if he's going to be open, but you're going through a million million things in your head, going, "Who can I target? Where am I going to?" That's what I'm saying. The, the D line is getting after you, so that that to me is like, and if, if it's wide open and he's like staring down the field, you can't see him, sure. But if you're not looking that direction, uh, but it all comes back to schematics too and scheme and trying to figure out. You know, what's his first read, if this happens, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. He's learning as we go. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. So, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I just, I keep, I just think it's funny when I hear like a narrative like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, well, oh, but okay. They, they, they bring it up all the time with all this kind of stuff. They're going to call Kenny a bust within, you know, how many of the games he's played. But to me, you got to give him the whole season and, and figure out the off season, see what can happen, you know? He didn't have the full in full off season as a starter. I tell you, like going to next year and going to year three in twenty twenty four, I, I think we're gonna look back on this stuff and go, it's just growing pains. And I don't even think it's that bad, man. To be honest, like you can't sit there and say Kenny Pickett, apart from maybe Miami, and even still, he played really well, like in several drives that they had there to get them into even a chance to win. You you're not sitting here going each week. Kenny had five fumbles that lost the game. Kenny had nine, yeah. you know, a billion interceptions that lost the game. Kenny missed all his receivers. Like, you know, even the interceptions against the Jets, like two of them don't happen if Claypool knows how to catch high and run a route properly. And the other one was, you know, a tip ball from Freemuth. And, you know, a play, if, they, if it was Deontay Johnson in that position, then he would have been never been near the ball. It would have gone out, right? So, like, I just... <laughs> For me, I'm a lot more confident in. What are you 
<laughs> well, I'm saying if, if DJ was in that position, you're saying you wouldn't even try to catch it. Therefore, it'd be you wouldn't try to catch him, but he was too short, right? <laughs> it's like, did you see that narrative? You see the narrative about the Bills. The game obviously got moved with the six feet of snow, and there was a social media post. Sorry, I know I'm going off topic here, but it was like Devin Singletary is like five, five yeah. seven, and the other running back is like five eleven. They're under six feet of snow. They'd be running within the snow, like it's above their height. Like, oh, that would be great. That would be a great game, man. I reckon they should have left it there. Man, I love snow games. Snow games, even yeah, the, even too, the Green Bay one and, and Tennessee. Maybe because it cools us down when we're, we're so hot in Australia. But I was Green Bay versus Tennessee. It was awesome to see yesterday. A little bit of snow. I love that one. Was it LaShawn McCoy? Did, did he? Uh, no, it was Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell for us. Did he carve him up? I can't remember. He carved up in the snow one year for us. But you no, know, there was that game. Remember the Bills did it to make the playoffs for the first yeah. time in like forever. And um, he's running, he's running wild, right? Because he just yeah, and it was yeah. just like it was, no, it, it was like you're watching him. someone like like you're watching family play like on Christmas Day or something like that. Because he, he was like the only one out there with footing. He understood how to play in the snow. No one else did. He got like yeah. over two hundred yards. Um, yeah, but I did see that meme as well. So so say so, yeah, that's funny. Uh, Michael uh, O'Malley says DJ <clears throat> suspect should draft a new wide receiver. I could be wrong. He might become a great. Yeah, I think a few of us are in that in that camp. But hey, like he's not like he's terrible. He could be worse. He could be like Dante Moncrieff. <laughs> like, yeah, be that playful. was, that was a be lot playful. of hype, hype for that one, and then you just instantaneously saw that 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 through the hands and cut. <laughs> like, that was really. I bad. was so keen, like because yeah. Moncrieff was doing well for the Colts, man. When we did that, and like, just that nothing was... worked out. It was just terrible. Yeah, oh, it's boy. funny. It's funny. All right, so to wrap up the show, though, like, what are, what are the top three things you're looking for in this game, or who are you looking for yep. to step up? I mean, Highsmith's number four again in the in the sack totals, which is cool. First of all, I'm going to start with uh, TJ Watt. I'm keen to see him just chase Burrow around 110%. I think I think he's got um, a vendetta against Burrow. I really do. Uh, and then you know what? Second of all, I think Mink has got a vendetta against Burrow too. So that can be my second point. But lastly, I'm really looking forward to it. I want to emphasize the point if the offense can start to keep to keep this ball rolling. I want to see if Matt Canada can really design these plays like he did last week, get the running game involved and get players of football like Pickens, DJ in certain scenarios or, you know, Sims involved or, or Hayward, stuff like that. I want to see that progress forward even more. And Kenny getting, you know, one or two TDs and just building, building the... I don't know, building the playbook and, and just building the confidence in that offense because that's we definitely need that. Uh, I think that's, to me, I want to see if they go backwards, it's going to be so frustrating, but if they go forwards, it's going to be very exciting to watch. Get the ball to Warren. Get the ball to Najee. Get the ball to these guys, you know? Play like you did last week, but just play a little bit better. And if we have the, if we have the, if, if Matthew Wright can kick field goals with 26 points, but if we design some, some plays where we get TDs, we could be 31 points, right? The offense was moving the football down the field. They just couldn't um, execute on certain plays. Yeah, 100%. For me, it's um, Pickens, 100-yard game, please. Freemuth. You reckon it's a breakout? Yeah. Freemuth, one TD at least, 40, 60 yards receptions. Um, Jalen Warren busts a run for 20-plus. Um, I want to see that. And I want to see – do you know what I want to see? I want to see Cam Haywood shove Burrow in the dirt, right? You oh, always talk yeah. about putting Burrow in the dirt – I think it's a Cam Haywood comeback game with TJ Watt there. Ease the pressure up. Get the old man, old man strong. Um, shove him in the dirt. So that's what I want to see. Um, even even yeah. Ogan Joby too. Ogan Joby might be have a bit of a, you know, yeah, man. as well. It could be Especially against one of his former teams. Remember that narrative. Yeah, so this could happen. Like there's a lot of things around this. And in Miles Jack coming back too, I think he was playing out last week. So this is a game that I'm I want to see Najee truck Hilton as well. Down the box. <laughs> Just truck about, him. Just be like, you went to the wrong team. What about Pickens off the ball and this, uh, Pickens Pickens versus Hilton? Oh, um, man. I'm Pickens you know. all the way, man. So th- th- this this can happen. Like, they have a lot of small corners, right? I think. Yeah, they do. Like, Size-wise. So get Muth on them, get uh, Pickens on them. Um, I'm, I'm. This would probably be the most hyped on for them this year. So if we lose, oh, it's going to hurt a lot. <laughs> but... I think we got well, like a Minka, a Minka force fumble, big hit, comeback or Terrell Edmonds on Tyler Boyd. I I dislike Tyler Boyd. I think he's here's a, a question player. for you. Do you think we get a safety in this game? Is there a chance that Joe Burrow gets backed up and tries to be fancy? We get a safety? No, 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 no chance. No. Yeah. Do you want to give away your scores? Are we doing scores or what? Oh yeah. All right. Um, I picked a score in the Jets game. I forgot about that. Um. Uh, 
Uh, what have the Steelers had the last few weeks? Um, oh, I'm going to go record. 24 Steelers. Yeah. And it'll be something like... Um, if they're going to win, it'll be like 24-21 or 24-17. Okay. But if I'm they gonna lose... Go. If they, I'm going to say if they lose... The Steelers are going to be like twenty, and the and the Bengals are going to be like thirty three. Oh, that's a real bad game. Uh, I'm going to go Steelers thirty one to Bengals thirteen. You're going to say they're going to break thirty points? I think so. I I, I got a feeling it's color rush, man. I got a feeling. I got a feeling that the defense are going to put us in a situation to score points. If that's what they do, the color rush, like the legend of the color rush. Continue, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it goes to that next level. They played like, some good football on that. They beat the Panthers yeah. like five hundred to zero or something one year. I want to bring back the Batman jersey. <laughs> I want to get a Batman jersey yeah. again. And I don't I even want the, bu- the website. The Bumblebee was pretty cool. I didn't mind that one either. I don't want to eat that. People don't like the pants, but they could just wear black pants. They could do like a hybrid hybrid. I just like seeing. Uh, I used to like uh, Heath Miller. I want to get a Heath Miller one. I think the Bumblebee. But um, no, there's something about this this unit this uniform. I think the Steelers can if put it all together. But but of course, dude, they're still building the offense like we talked about, right? So maybe they won't get 30, but maybe they'll get 26 or 24. You know, they're still building this offense as we go. So, What's but the defense it? can get a short field for sure. Have I missed something with the color rush pigeons? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I've missed something here. And Michael O'Malley's uh, like Jeff Pigeon Power. Uh, me, me and me and Owen talked about it on on our podcast, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers Syndicate, and it was it was funny as it was just we we if if they show up in the color rush, the pigeons, we're we're we're, we're good to go. We are good you to called, go. Why pigeons? Because the pigeons the the pigeons have been uh, we're two and zero when the the pigeons are on the field. Have you, have, <laughs> 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 oh, that's so good. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's great! But if we lose, then we're then we're. I think that I think they're not showing next week. I don't think they're coming because there's no there's no there's no seed in the field this time around. We'll see. They've been putting grass seed on the field to grow the grass, and pigeons have been coming over. But this week they said I've totally um, missed that narrative. Yeah, this that's week in an article I found they said that they didn't throw the seed out this week, so they might not be there. So therefore, there's all well, right. I guess if we'll- there is any Steeler listeners listening live just on YouTube or Facebook <laughs> or other ones um, listening on the audio side. I don't know how you're going to do it and not get in trouble. Find a way to throw some seed on that damn ground. Yeah. But if they do show up and we lose and we blame the pigeons, it's an easy out. I've got a new lucky shirt too. I wore a new shirt last week. A new steel shirt. Can I wear my, can I wear my Antonio Brown color rush? Is that, is that, is that, is that, is that allowed? Please don't. Anyway, I think with that, I think we're going to close down the show, Marky D. But uh, that wraps up this week's Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peveril with Marky D, as always. Go, Steelers.